0: Welcome to the Celebration Church Podcast. We are so glad you've joined us, and we hope you are encouraged by today's message. All right, all right. Hey, so come on, put your hands together. Let's welcome all of our locations. Man, we're so, so glad you're in God's house today. And also, Carrie and I want to thank all of you. I know that many of you heard that, uh, man, we were, we were really very sick. Um, <laughs> in fact, I'm not contagious. Don't worry. After day ten, I wasn't contagious. I'm on day thirteen. I'm about 85 uh, percent there. But we, we got a really bad uh, virus, and of course, Carrie got sick first and then gave it to me. But uh, no, I'm on. She did. She got it first. But but uh, just thanks for your prayers. But we're so sorry we missed one of our favorite weekends of the year, which was Serve Day weekend last weekend. But man. I got great reports, and I just want to thank all of you that participated in Serve Day because you made a huge difference in our community. So come on, give God a big hand and give yourselves a hand because, uh, man, thank you uh, for for doing that. We had over 200 outreaches in our community in that one day, and thousands and thousands of people were served. I really, really uh, appreciate that, and uh, I'm glad to be back. And, um, of course, it's Riot Takeover weekend. Our kids just got back from retreat. They're fired up. And uh, I believe day, today's message, what I want to speak on this Riot Takeover weekend is uh, I want to speak a very relevant message and, and really a, a very, very important message. And I need for everyone just to lean in and lock in and, uh, and hear me out today because we're going we're gonna to talk about race. We're going to talk about Jesus and race. And guess what? I'm going there. And I'm going all the way there. Um, If there's any, any organization in the world that can demonstrate what reconciliation looks like, it is the church of Jesus. Because only, listen, only in the church of Jesus, that's where the heart is truly transformed and you can legislate all you want and we need to do that and all that kind of stuff. But when you, when we're talking about the heart of man, the Bible's real clear that the heart of man is wicked. Racial prejudice has been here since the dawn of time. And the only real solution is Jesus and where we can let our light uh, shine is specifically is in this area. And I know even in the, in, in the past, It's sad because uh, the church has been one of the most segregated uh, places, and um, in fact, whole denominations have formed and and split on racial lines, and I I don't know how you can follow Jesus and read the Bible and do that, uh, but people have done that, and um, so I just want everyone to lean in today, and we are going to go there, and we're going to talk about Jesus and race, Jesus and race. Let's pray. Lord, we just thank you that racial reconciliation is at the very heart of the gospel. Lord, in fact, you've given all of us, if we're followers of Jesus, you've given us a title. We are called ministers of reconciliation. And God, I thank you today, Jesus, that we're going to understand that Lord, first and foremost, we are citizens of heaven. We are followers of you. And we just thank you that heaven is going to be a place where every nation, every tribe, every single color is gathered together as one. And Lord, we pray that our church would look like heaven on earth and that we could be ministers of reconciliation to our communities. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen Amen and amen. Let me give you a couple of scriptures here. Let's go to Acts Acts chapter 17. Acts chapter 17, verse 26. Let's look at this. Watch this. From one human being. Everybody say one human being. Look, Adam. Say Adam. From one person. You remember this? He created all races. Say all races. So from one human being, Adam, from one person, he created all races of people and made them live throughout the whole earth. He himself fixed before him the exact times and the limits of the places where they would live. Hey, let me just throw out there, I don't know if you've heard of this race, because it's kind of been left out of all the racial conflict that's been going on. But let me let me tell you about this race. Guess what it's called? The human race. And guess who's part of the human race? All of us, we're all part of the human race, and it's very important. Look at this. From one human being, from Adam, all races, all colors, all ethnic groups, each and every one of us came from one great times whatever grandfather, and that is Adam. So at the end of the day, let me remind everyone, even though there are sub-races, we are part of one race, the human race, and we are all related, and we all came from Adam and Eve, All right, So you might think that you're just white. Well, let me tell you something, way back in that ancestry tree somewhere, that's right, you got a brother from another mother. And every time you're listening to your white country and Western music, but then, you know, you hear some kind of hip-hop beat and you find your head kind of going like this, that is the inner black trying to come out. And, And if you're a black man, you know, and you're driving down the road and all of a sudden you have this random thought because you pass a movie theater and you're like, Man, maybe I ought to go see that Star Wars movie. (laughs) That is the inner white nerd trying to to come out in you and get you to the Star Wars movie. Here's what I'm trying to say. It's so, so important where there's all this racial conflict and racial divide and all this stuff. At the end of the day, guess what? We're one race. We're the human race. We're all related. We all come from Adam. Adam. And I wanna just give you two things before I kinda of get to the, to the heart of what I wanna talk about on why racial prejudice is such a sin. Now there's degrees of racial prejudice, okay? There's like racism. Racism is a person that thinks that his ethnicity or color or group is superior to other groups, or he might look at a, another group and think that they're inferior. He will hate, he will discriminate, he will bully. This type of person, it goes both ways. It's not just the, the the majority group and the minority group. Listen, the face of racism is on every group. It goes both ways. Then there's people that with racial prejudice are more bigot. And what they when you hear someone say the word bigot, here's what that means. They 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 say racial slurs. They give in to, they're not actively hating or discriminating, but they, they believe or buy into the negative stereotypes. And things like that that's racial prejudice let me tell you why racial prejudice is such a sin just two things okay first of all racial prejudice is such a serious sin because you are questioning God's creation when you think that one group is better than another group or another group is inferior to your group okay watch this look at this from one human being he created what He created all races. When you say, God, this race isn't good enough or whatever like that, you know what you're saying? You're saying, God, you made a mistake. Lord, you didn't create the world right. God, you didn't create all races right. Let me tell you something about God. God loves color. God loves diversity. He loves it. I hear people say, well, God's colorblind. I know what you're trying to say, but no, he's not. He's not colorblind. He loves color. You don't believe God loves color? Just walk outside. That's so while the trees are green and the grass is green, or you know, in Florida, it's kind of brown right now. <laughs> the ocean's blue, you know what I'm saying? Like in the fall, the leaves change color. I mean, not here, but the Northeast, you know what I'm saying? Like <coughs> there's color, listen, God loves color. You got, look at all the diversity of species and colors and plants and all that kind of stuff. So, no wonder when it came to the human race that what? That God would create all kinds of races with beautiful colors and spectrums and all that. That's why God made black and white and everything in between, yellow and reddish and whatever color you are. Listen, God made you that way, and be proud of your uniqueness, and be be comfortable in your skin. And if anybody has a prejudice against another race or color, that person is sinning against God by questioning God's creation and why he made people the way that he did. Here's a, another thing. And think about this. Aren't you, what, think about if God didn't make color in people. What if we were just all beige? How boring would that be? What if everyone was, what if the whole world was just beige? Walk out, beige trees, beige water, beige sand, well, sand is beige, but you know what I'm saying, like, (laughs) oceans beige, like just all beige. You know, God loves color. He loves diversity. And I'm not going to talk about it from this point perspective today, but you guys know if you've been coming to Celebration Church for a while, for the last 17 years, listen, we have worked very, very hard at building a church with racial diversity because it started day one. It started day one. And it's from the conviction that church should be a representation of heaven. It's from the conviction that everyone is equal at the foot of the cross and God loves color and God loves diversity. So why, why shouldn't Why shouldn't the church represent what God loves, and that's color and diversity, okay? So I want you to think about this. Here's another reason why racial prejudice is such a big sin. Go to Galatians 15, 14 through 15. Look at this. For all the law is fulfilled in one word, even this, meaning like one statement. Look at this all the law basically if you want to have a chance at obeying the bible if you just if i can sum up every command into one simplifying life principle or truth you shall love your neighbor as yourself if you have racial prejudice you can't even begin to obey the most fundamental command and truth in the Bible. Well, who is my neighbor? That's exactly what the Jews asked Jesus. There's all kind of racial conflict in Jesus' day, especially between the Jews and the Samaritans. I'm going to talk about that in just a second. But when Jesus told on loving your neighbor, well, the Jews said, well, who's my neighbor? You know what they were hoping? I hope my neighbor are the people that look like me and talk like me and my skin color and my group and my people. I hope that's my neighbor because I don't want to be looking after any of these other groups that we don't like. What did Jesus tell the parable of the good what? Samaritan, the group that they had the biggest racial conflict with. You know what Jesus was saying? Everyone's your neighbor. We're one race, we're the human race. We come from Adam and look, if you can accept this, how can you call yourself a follower of Jesus when this is the foundational command in the Bible? Now look at the verse 15 because here where I believe America is headed Okay, and it's all over the world. Race, I mean, man, I could take you to Peru, the Peruvian nationals and the Indians. I could take you to Africa, uh, it, the, the, the tribal racial, the middle. I mean, there is racism everywhere, okay? Look at this, verse 15. But if you bite and devour one another, beware lest you be consumed by one another. That's where America is heading. And church, we have a choice. We have a decision to make. Now listen, since, I mean, since after the Orlando massacre, okay, I'm not going to talk about jihad and all that terrible stuff that's, that's going on right now. Let's just talk about America, okay, and what's happened here over the last few weeks, okay? First of all, we, we, you know, you probably saw the video of, of Philando and Alton and those guys getting shot. That was followed by a horrific ambush, sniper-style massacre of five law enforcement officers, police officers in Dallas that were protecting a peaceful protest that had nothing to do with Minnesota or Baton Rouge or whatever. And then we saw my hometown, Baton Rouge, Louisiana, where three officers were ambushed and executed. One of those officers, you guys know I'm from Baton Rouge. My, my dad was head of the board of supervisors, so we're, we're, we're tied into, you know, the LSU football team very closely. They will win the national championship this year on another note. But one of those officers, I'm telling you, man, one of those, one of those officers, uh, Montrell, Montrell Jackson, and he was, an, he was a black Police officer, and he was gunned down. That officer worked some with the LSU football team. He'd be at some of the games sometimes. He worked with Coach Miles. I and mean, all those players knew him. He was a father of a four-month-old kid. And it, it, go to my social media. I think I posted. If not, I'll post it today. I'll post his social media post before he got shot. Okay. After uh, it was Alton, right? Alton was shot. In Baton Rouge, or was it Philandro? Alton was shot in Baton Rouge. Philandro was in Minnesota. After that, when he talked about you cannot let hate get in your heart, and he he talked about his own personal struggle. And so here's what I want to say, okay, listen. And then those three police officers, first of all, I want to say this, church, listen. It doesn't matter if it's policemen, if it's doctors, if it's bankers, if it's pastors. In every group of people, because we're human beings, there is going to be some people that might have issues, okay? Do we understand that, all right? Listen, our history as a country with slavery, there is still prejudice against black Americans and bias against black Americans in our country. That's, and and I want to say, first of all, if you're a minority and you've experienced injustice, Because of your race or bias because of your race. (coughs) I really am, I really am sorry about that. It is not right. It is not fair. I want to be clear about this. God hates injustice. He hates, he hates it. Have Have you ever read in the Bible where it says with God there's no partiality? That word partiality is kind of an old English word. It means with God there's no prejudice. He sees every single one the same. So watch, watch. God hates injustice. He hates it when it's not fair. However, as followers of Jesus, we need to remind ourselves we live in a fallen world. And humanity is evil and humanity is corrupt. And if we live our lives, watch, on this earth... And our entire filter is fairness. Listen, we fight for fairness. We fight for justice. We believe for it. We do everything we can for it. But at the end of the day, life is not going to be fair. And this is, watch, watch. This is what, remember when Jesus was going to the cross and he told Peter and his disciples he, he had to go to the cross and die in Jerusalem? And Peter said, no, no, no. Hold up, Lord. That is not fair. That is unjust. That is unjust. You cannot be beaten by these people and crucified. Lord, this is not fair. You're the son of God. You haven't done anything wrong. This is unjust. This is not fair. You know what? Jesus looked at Peter and he said, get behind me, Satan. He said, Peter, this filter of everything has to be totally fair in this life. If you go through life with this filter, you are going to give a foothold to Satan. Because there are going to be times and things and things happen to you that are not fair. And I want to say this. All of us, regardless of our race or color, all of us have suffered injustice in some way, shape, or form. And I want to remind everyone that, listen, nobody is getting away with anything. Jesus is going to come back one day. And guess what? Everything will be just and fair. Everybody, watch, everybody is going to stand before God and give an account, but we need to remember this world is temporary, this world is corrupt, this world is unjust, and that's why our home is in heaven. Come on, we're citizens of heaven. And I just want to say right now, man, like Officer Vaughn and our officers that are always around here and our law enforcement, let's just give a hand to all of our law enforcement officers, man. I mean, golly, man, these guys have a tough job. So, 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 so here's, here's how we have to process this. Has there been injustice, and is there injustice to black Americans and bias and to minorities and things like that? Absolutely. Absolutely. But what? Here's what I'm challenging you to do, church. I'm challenging you to rise above it and remember where your home is and who you belong to. Let me, let me show you another scripture here. This is in Philippians 3.20. Philippians 3.20 but we are citizens of heaven, everybody say citizens of heaven, where the Lord Jesus Christ lives and we are eagerly waiting for him to what? Return as our Savior. If you read the New Testament, you know why there's so much talked about in the New Testament? It's not the total reason, about the return of Jesus. And look up and hold on and have endurance and trials and all these kind of things because most of the New Testament church at this time was being persecuted. Severe injustice was being done. They were being put to death. So what does the Apostle Paul constantly do? He's constantly reminding them, this earth is not your real home. You might be a citizen of this country or that country or whatever, but you're first and foremost citizens of heaven, and you got to remember that Jesus is going to come back one day. He's going to make everything right. Nobody's getting away with anything. The corruption is going to end one day. (laughs) You know, the Olympics in Rio are coming up in a couple of weeks. How many of y'all are excited about it? Wow. Okay, this is like a record crowd for people being excited about the Olympics. (laughs) I think we had five people in the Saturday night service, maybe three in the Sunday, 9.30 a.m. I've gotta be honest, I'm not a big Olympic guy because they don't have football. If they could somehow incorporate a college football preseason in the Olympics, I would tune in. However, because college football is not on yet, I do turn the Olympics on just to see what's going on. One of my favorite summer sports is the water polo. Have you watched that? Those, those dudes that stay, a, that can swim that long and throw the ball through the net? I thought y'all were Olympics fans. What do y'all, y'all? <laughs> the, the stamina's amazing. But here's what you're gonna see, and if you've seen the Olympics, of course you've seen this. So what happens when an athlete, let's say he's an American, when an athlete wins an event, and let's say he wins the gold medal. What happens? He goes to the, uh, the award platform, right? And they put the gold medal on him, and he kind of stands up there in the middle and at the top, and then there's the silver and the bronze guys below him, and they put the gold medal on him. But to celebrate him winning the gold medal, he doesn't get to play his favorite song. He doesn't really get to talk about his accolades. You know what he does? They put the gold medal on him, They raise the American flag behind him. All the people around with their little American flags wave their American flags, and instead of his favorite song, what do they play? The American National Anthem. What that is communicating is this. The Olympics, while they're made up of individuals with uniqueness and skills, and talents, and abilities. Really what the Olympics are all about first and foremost is representing your country, is representing your citizenship in whatever country you are from or kingdom you are from. The Olympics does not want someone's uniqueness or abilities to even though that's great and we appreciate them and we see them even though it's great, they don't want that to overshadow overshadow what is first and foremost and that is this person is a citizen of our country or kingdom and they are representing our country and kingdom listen to me church we should never let our own uniqueness Our color, our ethnicity, our traditions, our heritage, or our history overshadow the fact that first and foremost, we are citizens of heaven, that first and foremost, God is who we are representing, that first and foremost, we are Christians and followers of Jesus. Well, I'm an American Christian. No, no, no. You're a Christian first. Don't you lose your unique... Well, I'm a black Christian. No, you're a Christian first. Well, I'm a white Christian. No, you're a Christian first. I'm a Hispanic. No, you're a Christian first. I'm an Asian Christian. No, you're a Christian first. You are a Christian, a follower of Jesus, a citizen of heaven, of the kingdom of God, where God is first. That is who you are first. That is your core identity first. Now watch. After that... Let's celebrate your uniqueness. Let's celebrate your, th- those, those things and the unique and the different colors and all that. But we need to remember this. We are followers of Jesus first. We're part of his kingdom first. Do you see Jesus? And watch, I want to say this. Y- you don't have to lose the uniqueness of who you are to understand that you are first and foremost a Christian that adopts a world perspective from God's word. Are you following me? And watch, watch. I'm gonna get tough here. Are you ready? There are too many believers that are defining their faith by their humanity instead of defining their humanity by their faith. Too many believers defining their faith, their spiritual, their Christian experience by their humanity instead of allowing their faith in God and their citizenship in heaven and who they are in Christ to first define their humanity. And you know what that causes? Here's what happens. That's how people begin to make decisions and choices and develop attitudes And prejudices because you know what? They're making decisions off their heritage or tradition or history instead of making decisions off his story and what God's word says. And I'll say this your tradition, your heritage, like that's your uniqueness, but watch whatever about your tradition or heritage, when you come to Jesus. If your tradition, your heritage, if you grew up and your daddy told you this and your granddaddy told you this and you all sat around the table and you talked about, you said racial slurs and there was this kind of thing or whatever, if your heritage or tradition contradicts anything in the word of God, what God says about people, what God says about humanity, and what God says about race, then guess what? You were brought up wrong. That part of your heritage is wrong. That part of your tradition is wrong. Listen. Racial reconciliation, it's the very heart of the gospel. Well, you might be saying, well, Stowell, you're you, what well, you know, you're a white guy. You grew up in the suburbs. You you don't know what I'm dealing with. You know what? I don't. I don't. But I know Jesus does. And I might be able, I might not be able to connect through your humanity with what your struggle is, but oh, I can connect Jesus to your situation. And I know that he died to make the two one and that we're all equal at the foot of the cross. And I know this. I know that colors are beautiful and I know you don't have to lose your uniqueness to walk in the truth that you are first and foremost a Christian before you're any color, before you're any ethnicity, before you're anything else. And Jesus proved this beautifully. He proved it beautifully. Remember the, the John chapter 4, the story of the woman at the well? I preached on this a couple of months ago, kind of a different slant on it, but I did want to bring this out. Jesus, he's, he, 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 he goes to Jacob's well, and there's a Samaritan woman there. I'm not going to go over the whole history. The Samaritans and Jews have been having racial conflict and racial tension, not for 240 years like America, but for over 700 years. 722 BC, the Assyrians captured the Jews. They took some of them back. They 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 intermarried and all that. And this kind of the Jews looked at them as now this new race, this half breed. And because they were rejected by the Jews, they kind of after the first five books of the Old Testament, the Pentateuch, they kind of did their own thing with Mount Gerizim and kind of had a whole different story of what you know. How their relationship with God and all this kind of stuff and so when Jesus shows up at the well Jacob's well the Bible says there's a Samaritan woman the Samaritan woman looks at Jesus when Jesus asked her for a drink of water And she was like what? She's like you're a Jew What are you asking me for why are you asking me for a drink of water? You know the deal The Jews and us Samaritan. We don't have anything to do with each other y'all on that side of the track We on this side of the track. Y'all worship in Jerusalem. We worship at Mount Gerizim. That's how it's been for 700 years. So what in the world are you doing with your Jewish self? Asking me for a drink of water. You know what's interesting about this interaction between the two? Jesus never told the Samaritan woman he was Jewish. You know what that means? He was obviously Jewish. The way he talked... The way he dressed, whatever else he did with his old, with Jewish self, Jewish Jesus rolling up there looking all Jewish, talking all Jewish, coming and chewing everything up at Jacob's well. <laughs> but you know what, you see, Jesus didn't have to change the uniqueness of who he was. To reach across racial lines and say, you know, it's a new day of reconciliation. All races are now one under the cross, and that's why. What he do? He said, "Give me a, uh, let me have a drink, okay?" And that's why like, she's like, "You, you really gonna share with me? I mean, you really gonna do this? Uh, just let me say this, okay? Don't expect to successfully minister to someone." unless you're willing to drink from their cup. And that's why, that's what is beautiful about the church. You know why? because this group of people's not going here. and this, You know what? We are all coming together. We're going to eat together. We're going to drink together. We're going to connect. We're going to relate to one another's problems and what's going on with one another. There's too many people. You want to win people to Jesus. You want to reconcile people, but you're not willing to eat with them. You're not willing to drink with them. You're not willing to go where they go. You're not willing to hang out with them. I'm just telling you, if we're going to see racial reconciliation in this country, you better be willing to drink from Somebody else's cup. Like Jacob's well, they both like Jacob. That was one of the few things the Samaritan Jews could agree on. They both like Je- Jacob. What did Jesus do? He found a place of agreement. You can find a place of agreement. You know, I was witnessing this guy the other day who, when we were on vacation. He was Uh, He was a driver. He was giving us a ride to this place near the resort, and he had uh, music on. And uh, it had a good beat. So I was like, man, turn up that song. That's got a good beat. And he turned it up, and then I started listening to the words. And the song was about um, cutting up cocaine on your (laughs) kitchen table. Cut it, cut it, cut <laughs> Not as wide as you think, but anyway. You know what's sad? Listen, listen, listen to me, parents. You know what's sad about those songs? It's the beat that attracts, the lyrics mean nothing really as, to, as, as far as the song. It's, and that's what's so sad. They put those lyrics those destructive lyrics in a good beat, and then the young people like it, but the message is just terrible. You know what I'm saying? So when I heard that, I was like, oh, all right, man, turn it down. I didn't know it was <laughs> ta- talking about that. And you know what I did? Cause I could tell, I could come on, I could, I could tell the vibe of the guy. I, I think he was into. Some of that, I could just, come on, sometimes you just got to vibe it out, you know? (laughs) So watch this, I can't relate to urban inner city, that kind of drug dealing, but you know what, I can relate to addiction, I can relate to cocaine. I said, you know what, I I said, said, oh man, you can turn down, I didn't know the lyrics said that, man, they're talking about cutting coke up on the kitchen table, and the guy called me out, he's like, what's wrong with that? Yeah, this black guy. So I felt like he's thinking, here's this, you know, whatever I am. <laughs> and so I just said, I said, listen, man. I said, I don't, I, I, said I'm, I, I don't know where you come from or what's going on in your life. I said, I'd never judge you for that. I said, but I do know this. I said, I used to be into a lot of cocaine and stuff like that. And I know that it was very destructive to my life. I know it's very destructive to a lot of young people. And I just think that Jesus has a lot better for people than that. And I said, and I, and I, and I said, and by the way, you know, man, after that first bump, you're just trying to avoid the come down. And then he said, well, man, I don't do it. I don't do it. But what I'm trying to say is this, I could have just backed off and said, I don't. I, don't, I can't relate to this guy, so I don't. But no, listen, you can keep your own uniqueness and still minister the love of Jesus to anybody in any. You don't have to be so versed in the culture of Millie Rock on any block with his polo shirt and his polo sock. (laughs) You white people don't get that, but I'm just saying. What I'm trying to say is this. What I'm trying to say is this. There's this thing There's this thing out there of you can't relate. Here's what I'm trying to tell you. We all want peace. We all want safety. We we all have needs. We all want to be loved. We all need God. We all need Jesus. Don't let. You can keep your uniqueness while still reaching across racial lines and ministering to anybody in any season of life, in any way of life, at any race or any color. You know, the principle says this. You a attract who you are. There's a greater principle that says you attract who you love. I'm telling you, Jesus attracted every single type of person of every color, of every race, of every creed, and every tribe. And when that woman, when that woman did this, remember, when the Samaritan woman said, y'all over here, we're over there, that's how it is, y'all in Jerusalem, we're in Mount Gerizim. this is how it's been, this is our tradition, this is our heritage, this is how it's going to be, Jesus said, oh, no, it's not. He said, because the time is coming when the true worshipers are going to worship Father in spirit and truth. You know what he's saying there? The true worshipers are going to understand that their own race color or ethnicity is going to take a back seat to who their heavenly father is. And we're not going to Mount Gerizim, We're not going to Jerusalem. We're all going to worship the same father because we're all going to be in the same heavenly family. There's going to be one man, one blood. It's under Jesus Christ. I'm telling you, in the name of Jesus Church, we can make a difference by letting our light shine and Showing the world diversity, color, and racial reconciliation under the love of Jesus. Give me five more minutes, don't leave. Look at your neighbor, say, give him five more minutes, and don't leave. This is important. I'm going to read this script, This I'm closing, but y'all know when I close, how many closings do I have? I know y'all were hoping that my sickness might have changed that after the sickness, he'd do one or two closings, no, I'm doing three closings. <laughs> real quick, watch this, read this real fast, and I'm going to give you three, just three quick things, let's go. We're not going to go all the way to 17, let me just skip you down to one verse. Okay, watch this. If then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above. Everybody say above. above. Not on things on earth, for you died in your life as in with Christ and God. You know what this is saying? Every day when you get up, there's so much conflict and craziness and hate going on out of the world. You better get up. You better get your mind on God. You better not get your mind on this earth. You better understand you're a citizen of heaven. And let me say this. Social media, news, if I'm, I'm let's stay informed, all that kind of stuff. But if there's a social media stream, if there's someone you're following, or if there's a news that you're watching, and it's inflaming hatred in your heart, you need to disconnect from those people. You need to shut that down. Okay? Or maybe, or maybe instead of checking it every day, check it once a week. That's between you and God. But what this is saying is there. If, if you start setting your mind on everything on the earth, you're going to fall into the trap of the devil. I just want to remind you who is at the center of all this racial conflict. It is the devil. It is the serpent, man. He hates people created in the image of God. Listen, it's not a political thing. It's not a racial thing. It's an enemy thing. It's a devil thing. Are you following me? Come I just felt something right there. We are going to resist the devil and submit unto God. We are citizens of heaven, and he's going to flee from us. He's going to flee from our youth. He's going to flee from our communities. <laughs> when Christ, who is our life, appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. Therefore, look, put to death your members which are on earth. Here's what this is saying. That part of your fallen humanity that if left to default is going to lust and hate and have prejudice and all of that. He's like, look, you got to get that under control and keep your mind on heaven. Okay, look. That fallen part of your humanity, the members on earth, fornication, uncleanness, passion, evil desires, covetousness, which is idolatry. Because of these things, the wrath of God is coming upon the sons of disobedience, in which you yourself once walked when you lived in them. All right. I'm getting over this sickness. But now you yourselves are to put off. Everybody say, put off. This part of your humanity that makes you hate, and this has to be an eye for an eye, that that, that part. I'm not talking about wanting justice, fairness, all that. You know what I'm talking about. you got to put off these anger, wrath, malice, all these things give birth to hatred. Blasphemy, filthy language out of your mouth. Do not lie to one another. Look, since you have put off the old man, that fallen part of your humanity, and who have you put on? You have put on the new man who understands he's a citizen of heaven first, who understand he belongs to the kingdom of God first, who understands he is a Christian first. Listen, you are not a white Christian or black Christian or Hispanic Christian or Asian Christian. You are a Christian. Do you understand me? You are a Christian. You are a Christian. And then your uniqueness, your uniqueness is after that. He says, look, you put on the new man who is renewed in the knowledge according to the image, of him who created him. It just means following God's word, having God's point of view. Look, where there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcised nor uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave nor free, but Christ is all in, in, in all. Did you see how he connected? Put off anger, wrath, malice, those kind of things right before he reminds them, because remember, you could put any race in here, black, white, Hispanic, Asian, Jew, Gentile, Greek, Jew, barbarian, Scythian. What he's saying here is, look, there's no, there's, we're all equal at the foot of the cross. Don't fall into the trap of this racial conflict, hatred, stuff, because it's been here since the fall of man, and it will be here until Jesus comes back, but we are different. We are not of this world. We are citizens of heaven. Everybody is equal at the foot of the cross, and we're going to treat people with love. We're going to love our neighbor as ourselves. If we are wrong, we're going to forgive people, not because they deserve it, but because God forgave us. Is somebody hearing what I'm talking about, church? And our youth need to hear this message most of all. Did you see that worship team, that youth worship team up here? I think there's six races represented on that worship team. Did you see those riot videos? Did you see the diversity and the beautiful color and all of that? They didn't know I was preaching on this. This is who we are. This is who we are at Celebration. And it's our time to get out there and show the world that there's a better way and that the heart can be changed. And we're all part of one race, the human race. And first and foremost, we're all part of one family, and that's the family of God. And then we're all under the blood of Jesus. I'm leaving you with three things. This is my third and final closing. Thank you for the extra eight minutes. Okay, therefore, as the elect of God, holy beloved, put on tender, mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering. Look what you got to do. Got to bear with one another. Got to forgive one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you must also do, not because they deserve it, because Jesus forgave us. He had the most injustice of anyone. But above all these things, put on love. Come on, everybody say love. love. We're choosing love. We're choosing love because we've chosen Jesus. And we've chosen God and his family. Watch. Next thing, three things. Look, here's what I'm asking you to do. Choose his story over your history. We all have a history. We all have that uniqueness. That's part of who we are. I'm just asking you above that, choose his story over your history. The story of Jesus, that he died on the cross for you and every human being of every race, and he loves all of us the same. Listen, there's grace for every race. That's the story of the gospel, reconciliation. (laughs) The next thing I'm asking you, will you choose truth over tradition? If your tradition does not line up with what God says and the nature of Jesus, I need you to choose truth over tradition. I'm gonna share something very personal that I've shared before because parents, it all starts with us. It all starts with their tradition, the legacy that we're passing on to our kids. Do you know, I don't know if I was six, seven, or eight years old, my father, we were standing in the driveway of a guy that kinda lived across the street from us. I was friends with his son and me and my dad and him and his dad were in the driveway and his dad began to talk about this thing. He began to use all kind of racial slurs said the N-word, just kind of, you know, did his deal. My dad grabbed my hand and just said, we got to go. We walked straight from his driveway. My dad took me in our house. He set me down at the kitchen table, and he said, son, did you hear what that man said? I said, yes. He said, don't you ever say anything like that about any other type of person because of their color or their race. I don't want to ever hear you say that word. He had said the N word. I don't ever want to hear you say that word. And he says, I want you to always remember this. You never judge a man based on the color of his skin or what he has or doesn't have. That's... That's what my parents passed down to me in South Louisiana where there can be a lot of racial tension. I remember that day like it was yesterday and that was like 40 years ago. So think about this. What if my dad wouldn't have done that? What if he would have laughed at what that man said? Or what if he would have just said nothing and left me as a six or seven year old to try to process, is that how we're supposed to view those people, daddy? Do you see what I'm saying? It's all about the tradition, the legacy that we hand down to our kids, how we talk at the dinner table, how we talk at vacation, all those kind of things. Listen to me, parents. You have the most powerful voice in your kid's life. And that voice will drown out the million other voices that are trying to muddy the waters about race. And that's why I love Right, because you see a beautiful, diverse, colorful group of hundreds and thousands of young people that are in a new day and a new age when we're all one under the blood of Jesus. Can I have a good amen to that? Last thing, this is it. I'm asking you to choose God's kingdom over your color. Your color's important. Your uniqueness is important. But I'm just saying God's kingdom comes first. Look, let's remember his story before our history. Let's remember truth before our tradition. And let's remember God's kingdom before our unique color come on how many of you agree with me on that thank you for tuning in to today's podcast for more information about celebration church or to get in touch with us please visit celebration.org